I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. Glad to have you guys aboard for another edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. And today we're going to be diving deep into some Utah football. But also there's some news regarding college sports and also pro sports. And how some news that happened on Monday could potentially pave the way for the Pac-12 and for college sports to come back. We'll have that coming up. I'll also have a conversation with Utah wide receiver Solomon Enos. He's a guy who I believe will have a breakout season for the Utes in 2020. We'll talk to him about how he's getting ready for the upcoming season under these unprecedented times. And then also another Utah basketball player has transferred out of the program. We'll talk about Booth Gotch and who can fill in the void and how big of a loss is it that Booth Gotch is no longer a member of the running Utes. But first, we'll go ahead and start with the news that came out on Monday, and that is three states, California, Texas, and New York, are now allowing pro sports to return without fans beginning June 1st. Now, this is big because I know that last week we were a little skeptical about what was going to happen because of what the California State University system announced is that they weren't going to have students on campus for the fall semester. But the thing is, is that both USC and UCLA are not under that system. And I don't think Cal and Stanford are either, at least from what I looked at. The only ones that were going to be impacted were two Mountain West schools, Fresno State and San Diego State. And that really isn't a big deal. Now, some of these states have been doing stay-at-home orders and things like that. But the fact that they're allowing pro sports to return... As long as you don't have fans and you have to take proper precautions and all that stuff, we all know that. But that could open up the door for college sports because if California is going to allow pro sports to return, I think it's only a matter of time until college sports and college teams are going to be allowed to start working out. I know that Mark Harlan said on Friday that he's hoping that the University of Utah will be able to open up their practice facility for players starting June 1st and that that's their target date and that they're working really hard to get to that point. And so that's kind of been the news with that. I just think that it's going to pave the way because if states are allowing pro sports teams to come in, I think conferences, presidents of universities are going to start allowing this to where as long as you take the proper precautions, 
you can at least start working out. And then I think that this might help at least solidify that we will have a college football season. Now, is it going to be a shortened season? Is it going to start later? Are you going to move it to spring? Those are the questions that are out there right now. The thing is, is that we at least know now, at least to me, and I actually have a, a article up over at kslsports.com that talks about this. To me, it feels like that we're going to have a college football season now. And that this is just only the beginning of positive news as far as being able to return to, I guess, some type of normalcy. Now, I don't think that there's going to be fans in the stand. And Kyle Whittingham said this on the uh, Jim Rome show on CBS Sports Network. In his own opinion, he doesn't think that the uh, season's going to start on time and that they're not going to play the schedule that is outlined as of right now. I think he's more believing that there's going to be a 9 or 10 game schedule and it's going to be against Pac-12 schools. Is what I'm taking away. Again, my own thoughts compared to what Kyle Whittingham said as well. But Whittingham did say that he doesn't think that the uh, season's going to start on time. But he said that really the most important thing is that they do get a season in. And then whether the fans come into play or not, that's that's a whole other conversation. But you guys can check out both stories on California, Texas, and New York allowing pro sports to return and also how that news could pave the way for the Pac-12 over at kslsports.com. All right, time to catch up with another Utah football player. This time we go on the offensive side of the ball. We go to a wideout who is uh, pegged to have a pretty big year. Solomon Enos joining me here on the Crimson Corner Podcast. Solomon, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. So how was your first three practices of spring ball before everything got shut down? Uh, everything was going good. You know, offense picked up right where we needed to be. And, uh, you know, just – Every day we were getting after, and I felt good. I felt confident. Something that, that we all noticed throughout the past year, obviously it was the first year under uh, Andy Ludwig as the offensive coordinator, you guys were really productive in, in passing and running. Was a lot of that just changing up the offense a little bit, or, or was it just that you guys were, were more of a veteran group going in? Uh, you know, the chemistry was definitely there. Uh, everyone would just bonded and gel well together. Uh, but, you know, we were just fighting for each other every game, and, you know, Coach Ludwig, he's good at putting people in the in the best position to make the team better, you know, utilizing their skills. And, uh, you know, it just played out at the end of the day. So what happened when, when you guys were told that a spring ball was canceled? Did you go home immediately, or how long were you on campus? Uh, I left – well, because then we went into spring break, and I was already home. And then I didn't know whether to go back or stay home. So I was trying to figure out. I was on the phone all the time. But then they just told us to stay home, so I've been home ever since. How has that been, being home with your family and just during this really weird time? I mean, it's good. Uh, This is the longest I've ever been home since I've been in college. Uh, You know, it's kind of hard to maintain my weight, put good weight on with all this good food that I'm eating. But, you know, I'm still working now. I'm, I'm having a good time. I still get to see my friends, you know, so I'm having a good time. What have you been doing in your uh, downtime? I mean, school's over, at least for right now. Uh, has there been any shows you've been binge-watching on Netflix? Or what, what have you been doing w- with your free time? Uh, I've just been kicking it, just playing video games. Uh, my brother just built me a computer, so i just be playing video games on there. Yeah, my brother. Wow. So he, he built, built it? He built it. Oh, he just he got all the parts together, and, you know, he got me right. Got me a good little setup, so I've been playing that, making, uh, making beats and stuff like that. i just be kicking it with my boys. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been working so, with that. <laughs> tell me a, a little bit more about that. Is are you like making music with it, too? Yeah. So uh, my brother, he, him and his friend, they 
computers, and I was like, I don't even want to pay you to build me one because they have them. You know, it's different just PC gaming. Plus, yeah, like like you said, I'd be making music uh, with my friends. You know, just goofing around. But sometimes I just like to sit around and make beats, and uh, like one of my friends just made a track for his mom for Mother's Day. I made the beat for him. And he recorded it, and then we sent it or we uh, played it for her, and she liked it. But, you know, that's what I've just been doing in my free time, just trying to, you know, broaden my horizons and, you know, just take the time while I'm home, trying to stay home, just keep myself engaged and just active at the same time. You were a guy who a lot are saying, including me, is going to have a breakout season here in 2020. Do you feel that way uh, going into the season? Because definitely have that size and, you know, ability. Do you feel that way? Uh, I mean, I'm just preparing like I am. I do that every year. Uh, I definitely have guys that are coming in. Guys from last year that are, we're pushing each other, and everyone wants to be that number one receiver. But I think anyone can really get the job done. Part of the uh, group coming back that has a lot of veterans is is, is the wideout group. How, how are you guys meshing together, and you know, and, and getting ready for that season, especially during this weird time? Uh, we're a pretty close group. Uh, we, you know, we stay connected with Twitter, uh, Twitter group chats, message group chats, you know, stuff like that. We stay connected all the time. But you know, just from the past couple of years, I mean, we gelled pretty well. We already know each other. We know each other's personalities and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just another year for us. But obviously, we're trying to take a step to get better, you know, just better at the team, better ourselves, you know, just year after year, we're just trying to improve. Something that is, is obviously a big storyline going into the year is the quarterback position. Tyler Huntley's gone. You guys have got three really good quarterbacks coming in. How are they all looking? I mean, every single one of them looked like a starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, every day they attacked it like they were trying to get the number one spot, you know, but they love each other. They love the competition, you know. They love the guys around them. We love them as a unit. So, you know, it's just – it's going to be fun to watch how it all plays out. What is different about them? I know that there's certain styles from each guy that, that kind of differentiates from, from one another. Tell me a little bit about each quarterback. Well, they're all smart. I mean, you got to be smart to play quarterback. Uh, Cam Rising, they all got strong arms. I don't even know, honestly. I came in – differentiate them like they're they all like they're all unique but they all can get the job done I mean probably the only difference is one can probably run better than the other but other than that you know they're all pretty good in my eyes what was it like seeing seven of your teammates get drafted and five other signed contracts it was cool I mean sitting down here with my family just watching them like you play with these guys you practice with these guys you know what it takes so why can't you go do it you know it just motivates you and uh you know, it just makes me more hungry than ever. Tyler going to a Baltimore is pretty cool, right? Hey, he's going to turn a lot of people's heads for sure. What is it about him that could help him land on an NFL roster? I mean, you, you obviously played with him for the last few years. What is it about him? He's just a beast. Like, he just attacks everything that he does. And, you know, he's a leader, too. I mean, he, he's going to have your back, and you, he knows that you're going to have his. And, you know, just building that relationship, you know, he just wants this more than anything for his family, for his friends, for his teammates. You know, he's just that type of guy. So when they uh, give, give you guys the uh, green light to go back up to campus to have, you know, workouts in small groups, is your plan to go back up to Salt Lake City? I'm trying to go back up there ASAP. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to see my guys. You know, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready. Your estate has already basically opened up, at least for uh, pro sports and that. I mean, what is it kind of like right there? I, I know they're kind of opening up the state a little bit. It's probably a little bit different than here in Utah. What is it like there right now? Uh, I think everything pretty much opened up. Is opened up this weekend or already did. The salons opened up already. 
the gyms are starting to open up, which is good. So I can finally go back, but you know, I'm going to be conscious of what I'm doing, but you know, everything's starting to open up. So we'll see. It's just a slow process. What did the uh, coaches have you do as far as staying in shape and, and all that being at home? Uh, they send us workouts. Uh, we, I mean, I have some type of equipment. I just let them know what I have and they adjust to what I need to do with what I have. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I have a neighborhood to run in. I have a park to go do cones and ladders. I got some dumbbells I can work with. So, you know, it's kind of like a maintain period. Well, that's awesome. So what are your goals going into the year? Uh, I mean, being named captain is just a big role. So, you know, I'm just trying to be that guy that people can just lean on and just depend on, you know, when times get rough and when we're riding the highs and riding the lows, I just want my guys to trust in me and trust in the guys around me. You know, just everyone just to believe in each other, honestly, because I think we need to actually finish what we started and stop coming up short. And, you know, we have the guys to do it year in, year out, especially with this freshman class coming in. I think they're ready to go. And, you know, that's all it is, really. I'm just trying to be a good teammate and become a great leader. Is that something you're trying to do, especially with those younger guys, especially on defense? I mean, there's so many new faces. You guys are going to have nine nine new starters and then three key starters on offense. Have you just been kind of just trying to take everybody under your wing, all the young guys, all the freshmen? I mean, as a whole, as a whole team, we've been doing that. Uh, you know, just trying to get them ready, just trying to show them, hey, this is what college ball is like. You know, especially playing for Utah, you can't be soft playing for Utah. You got to be tough. Because there's been times where we face adversity and you got to break through it. You can't fold, you know, and that's just the Utah mantra. So, you know, just trying to instill that into them right now. So three, four years later, they be they can become those seven guys that got drafted, you know, and become Pac-12, All-Americans, blah, 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 you name it. So just trying to get them ready to go. Well, Solomon, it's always good to catch up with you. Stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you back up here in Salt Lake City soon. Thank you so much for joining me. Sir, appreciate you. And there you go. That's Solomon Enos. Great catching up with him. It seems like he's just been kind of just laying back, working out still. He's itching to get back to Utah, as you can tell. And so it'll be good to have him back on campus. I think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be a prime target for whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Drew Lisk, Cam Rising, or Jake Bentley. He has the size. He has the hands. He has the ability. He has the speed. He has everything you want in a wide receiver. And it's just a matter of being able to capitalize on the opportunities that he's had. And he just hasn't had a chance yet. And I think with Andy Ludwig's offense, I think that that is really favorable for him coming into his junior season. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we get back, I'll tell you what the impact of losing Booth Gotch has on the running Utes and who is going to be looked at to step up as we get into the 2020-21 season. I'll tell you that coming up on the other side. You're listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought... I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Welcome back to the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen here with you. Now, I'm sure you guys have probably already heard the news, but if you didn't, last week, late last week, sophomore guard, now going to be a junior, coming into 2020-2021, Booth Gotch, told uh, Jeff Goodman, who is a college basketball insider for Stadium, he told him that if he pulls his name out of the NBA draft, that he's going to transfer. Now, I was a little surprised when I heard the news that Gotch was going to transfer, just because I thought that a lot of the problems that were going on during the season was that he was just going through a slump offensively, he was dealing with injuries, I didn't think his minutes were really impacted. And so that really kind of opened up some some eyes a little bit when, when this happened. And when the uh, news came out from Jeff Goodman, we then got a, a, a statement emailed to us by University of Utah and head coach Larry Kraskoviak released a statement on Thursday night saying, quote, we have been very supportive of Booth entering the NBA draft to obtain valuable evaluations from team personnel these past two months. So this comes as a surprise to myself and our staff after learning of Booth's intentions to transfer. Although the decision by Booth to leave was not something we had planned or hoped for, our program continues to move forward with our players who are driven and excited to be a part of our basketball community. Sometimes one's individual desires and goals don't always align with the program they are a part of. However, our focus is and continues to be the players who are fully committed to our program, including our incoming recruiting class. And then Evan Daniels tweeted out on Monday that Booth Gotch has entered the transfer portal. So it sounds like to me that Booth Gotch is not going to the NBA draft, as we all expected. I don't think he's ready for that yet, but he is indeed in the transfer portal. And I've heard rumors of, of going to Utah State, which... They're at a need for a two-guard because Sam Merrill has now graduated. But here's how I look at it. There's uh, two things to address here. One, who steps in to fill the void of Booth Gotch? That's easy. You have some good players who, who got some good minutes behind him. We all found out from Fonz, the uh, junior college transfer, Alfonso Plummer, who broke the Pac-12 single-game record for most threes in a game when he hit 11, in the Pac-12 tournament against Oregon State, he's a guy who will get a lot of minutes. The only problem was he, he didn't get minutes until towards the end of the season because, according to Larry Kraskoviak, he wasn't a practice guy. He was, he was a guy who wouldn't really show up in practice but would show up in games. And Larry finally figured that out and then started giving him minutes. He was amazing offensively. He was just what the Utes needed on offense because that was their issue through a lot of these games was being able to score the basketball, and that's what Fonz is able to do. You also have Jackson Brenchley, who has at times played very well as a freshman coming off of his mission. And then there's two guys who are going to come in as freshmen that are, are going to probably contribute right away because one of the things that Booth did, he was also he would also help Rylan Jones and, and play the point guard position. Well, now you're going to have Rylan Jones, and then you're going to have Pele Larson, who is from Sweden. He's coming in in uh, 2020 as, as a freshman, could be the backup for Rylan Jones. And then you have Ian Martinez. He is the uh, big-time recruit coming out of California. He's the son of Henry Martinez, who is an assistant coach for the running Utes. He's supposed to come in, and people are pegging him to be an NBA player down the road. Now, I think Ian can come in and really provide that, that spark of shooting the basketball. He has good size. He's a really good shooter, can score, can 
create his own shot off the dribble. He's a guy to look at as well. So that is the guys to fill in as far as at that two-guard spot and then even at, at the point-guard spot because Booth Gotch filled in for Rylan Jones at times. Now, the next question is why do you guys keep transferring from Utah? This is the second guy just in this offseason to enter the uh, transfer portal. The other one was Matt Van Komen, who decided to go to St. Mary's. Now, I've been thinking about this over the weekend because I think there's something like 12 guys who've transferred since 2016, which is a lot. And I've also talked to Josh Grant about this, and I've there's a couple of things out there. One, could it be that Larry and his staff are not recruiting the right guys for their program? Absolutely. It happens. You're also in a time now in college sports where this transfer portal basically makes you a free agent. And now where they're potentially voting on a rule to where guys who transfer for the very first time don't have to sit out a season. That makes you even more a free agent. And also with this name, likeness, and image thing coming into play next season, it's going to be different because I bet guys are going to want to transfer to go to other schools, maybe bigger markets, to try and get their name out there and try and get some money. Those are a couple of things. I mean, to me, I look at each transfer and see what have these guys gone on to do. If you look at the list, there's one guy who's made a pretty big impact on that team that, that they transferred to after leaving Utah, and that's Devin Daniels. The rest of them, I'm going to be blunt here. They haven't done anything at that next spot. Now, who's to say that, that Booth Gotch won't do that at his next spot? Because he's a very good player. But it's not make or break. If Timmy Allen or Ryland Jones decided to transfer, that's a bigger deal to me than if Booth Gotch did. He didn't bring it every single game. And and not to say it wasn't his effort. He just If you look at the box score, he had some really bad games, especially coming off of that injury. He was not consistent. And that was his big issue all along, all of last season. But I think that also Larry is more of that old school type coach that is going to be really tough and hard on you. And some players are not, especially in this day and age, they're not ready for that. But Larry's a really good recruiter. His staff is really good at finding great players, and they have done that. It's just a matter of getting them to stay. But it's not like any of these guys have transferred and gone on to play in the NBA. None of them have. And I know that Devin Daniels is averaging like 13 points per game at North Carolina State. But everyone else has either transferred to lower division schools or, or you know, other schools and not make an impact. Like uh, Donnie Tillman, he's entering the uh, transfer portal again, for those of you who don't know. He just finished his first season of eligibility at UNLV after sitting out a year after transferring from Utah, and now he's entering the transfer portal again. If you transfer twice, it's not on the coach at that first school. It's on the player. So to me, like if you look at, for instance, Jace Johnson, did he do much here at Utah? He was a good role player. He was a guy who, who was a big body, could help guard the paint, and that was it. And then he goes over to Marquette, plays in a bunch of games, but he's averaging like three points per game. I'll end up having a, a, a full story on this up at uh, kslsports.com coming up sometime during the week. I don't think that people, people are razzing Larry a little too much. I do understand it, but I think it's also the fact that it's just not a good fit. You know, coaches try and do everything they can to get players to come to their school. And then once they do, some things fall by the wayside as far as promises and things like that. I don't personally know what the deal was between Booth and Larry, and it sounds like Larry was a little blindsided by this news. According to a statement, it is what it is. So is it a tough loss to see Booth Gotch leave the program? Yeah, I mean, he makes Utah a better team. But is it going to make them 
a bad team? No. You've got a great recruiting class coming in. I think they're one of the top top half of the uh, Pac-12 coming in. And, you know, you have Caleb Lohner, the kid who plays down at Wasatch Academy, Ian Martinez, Pele Larson, and, uh, you know, some other guys that are going to come in. And I believe that these, these guys are going to be ready to go. And this is already a young basketball team. You know, Timmy Allen's going to be your, your junior leader. And Rylan Jones, as a sophomore, is going to be your, you know, four general. But I think with those guys getting a lot of playing time last year, it's going to help them this year. So I think as much as you don't want to see someone get injured, I think that that injury to Booth Gotch really helped other players. It helped Jackson Brenchley. It helped Fonz get out there. And it really helped them get used to this style of play, playing Pac-12 basketball. And so that means that it really benefited them, and now they have some some miles under their belt and are ready to go now. So I, I think that that helped. But again, I wouldn't look at the amount of transfers. I would look at what these transfers have done in their other destinations, and that's not much. So that's my thoughts on Booth Gotch. All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Check out kslsports.com. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at KSL Sports. And also follow me on Twitter, at Trevor A Sports. And a big thank you to Solomon Enos for joining us. Coming up next episode, we'll catch up with Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd. That one will, will be a really good conversation with a guy who's heading into his uh, junior year who's going to be the leader of, of Utah's defense. He's one of, of two returning starters on that defensive side of the football for the Utah football program. So make sure you guys tune into that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast. with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.